We let it run a little bit longer today. Yeah, we did. See, I told you to pump you up. All right. <laughs> Welcome into How Seymour Sees It, a fantasy football podcast. It is early in the morning. I worked all night and I'm tired. How you feeling, Ron? Uh, I just said it. I'm tired. So this is this is the, the Joe McCann podcast, probably. And I'll just kind of... Well, let, let's see how... Let's see how this rolls with uh, me taking a little bit of the helm, I guess. I mean, you're the host, so you're going to have to guide us, but I think I can uh, get us through these choppy waters. Yeah, they're going to be a little choppy. (laughs) All right, today we are going to be discussing the NFC South. I believe this is our last divisional breakdown. It is. This is the eighth and final one. We actually made it through all of them before the season started. which... Which is unbelievable. Who knew that we would? Side note, it's like eight days till the first game of the regular season. Hey, there's still some drafts going on. Next Thursday night, I'm excited. Yep, you're going to have another late night then. I've got Clyde Edwards-Alaire in two of my leagues. so uh, You're going to find that pretty exciting. I've got no one for that Thursday night game, so I'm just watching for the giggles. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, exactly. All right, so I'm going to jump into the daily news, and then we'll start with uh, the Saints. How does that sound? Sounds good to me. Take it away. All right, so unless there's some late-breaking morning news, which I have not seen yet, uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport was reporting that the Saints' Alvin Kamara uh, and his team are going to keep working on a deal. Um, But there's other reports saying that the Saints will accept a first-round pick for Alvin Kamara if somebody offered it. So what's your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm thinking they're just playing the game that they all play during contract times. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need you, but someone's going to give us something for you. I think you'll end up getting paid. I did hear a report from somewhere. I think I saw it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Someone was saying he's looking for Christian McCaffrey type money. And that's just ridiculous. Yeah, no, he's not Christian McCaffrey. He's a very good running back, but there's no one on that level yeah. in the NFL right now. The only yeah. one other person I can maybe argue that'll have money like that down the road is maybe Saquon Barkley. Yeah, and I mean Zeke's got that money, but I I mean I think Zeke's overpaid, but um so yeah, I, I think he ends up getting paid, but I don't think it's gonna be even close to what he's expecting. Now, if Alvin Kamara did get traded, do you think his uh, value would go up or down for fantasy drafts this year? I feel like that all depends on where he got traded to, really. I mean, there's certain places where if anyone goes to, it's kind of like Leonard Fournette. Mm -hmm. Like, if he goes to a good situation, he could have value, but there's not many good situations out there right now. No. Like, maybe if he went to to Jacksonville – I or mean, possibly New England. I feel like he would definitely fill over uh, Ronald Jones. But they would never trade him interdivisional, I don't feel like. You said New England and you meant Tampa Bay. Yeah. I understand how you get confused. Because the New England the- Tom Brady's. Right. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Patriots. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, and they did draft that Keyshawn Vaughn, so I don't think they'll waste a first-round pick mm-hmm. for – 
someone like Alvin Kamara. Um, I don't either. I feel like if they really wanted another running back, they would just go get Leonard Fournette. Which will lead us to our next daily update, which is Leonard Fournette last night went unclaimed on waivers, which officially makes him a free agent, so he can go anywhere. Any thoughts on that? Mm, not really. I just – there's something going on there. Like, when the coach comes out and says, we couldn't get anything for him. Like, he said, we tried getting a six, a seventh rounder. We couldn't get anything for him. See, honestly, I don't believe that's the point. I don't think that he did fit the the camaraderie, camaraderie of that locker room to begin with. Words um, and you, and you got to remember something, though, too. Um, just because the coach says that they weren't able to get something for him, he didn't go out and blast him either. And he's coaching for his job this year. I don't think there's anything horribly going wrong with that. I just think he, for some reason, believes he can play better with a different set of guys, honestly. Well, I mean, and Leonard even- Fournette was wildly inefficient last year. And the only reason he was any kind of good for fantasy is because the volume. Right. But he was super inefficient, so they probably feel like they can get the same inefficiency with from Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson and the other two running backs, Ryquel Armstead and that oh, rookie. I'm not even going to attempt to try to say his name right now. Zigabaglage or whatever it is. Them cutting him is a still a little bit confusing, though, because so they're going to, they've got a action against his $4 million where they think they can reclaim it due to issues that they did have with him. But him going through waivers, they're still going to be responsible for it. And I heard an argument on another podcast that they strongly think he's, they are still going to be responsible for that 4 million. So you're right. There is something under the table going on there, but um, I don't think it's anything that's going to prevent him from going to a team. I think teams just didn't want to be responsible for a $4 million contract. And I think part of the problem is, like I said, just a few minutes ago is, you know, most teams have a running back already. They do. There's very few that are like really hurting for a running back. There's a few that could use depth. The Patriots or Chicago Bears, maybe the Eagles. Oh, man. If he goes to the Eagles, I'm going to be upset. That could be a good fit for him. Yeah, but then it ruins all the Miles Sanders. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like Ryan's going to be so mad in that pay league. But another thing is, like, I know last year, you know, there was a lot of issues where Leonard Fournette was causing – locker room troubles and everything. So that might be preventing him from really, you know, who's going to sign him and whatnot. See, I believe that was actually the year before. I, they said he was actually on his best behavior last year. Oh, maybe it was the year before. No, they actually said – I heard another interesting story is he went out west and uh, found himself philosophically, came back, and he was his best Leonard Fournette. Yeah. He had a pretty decent season last year, but like you said, it was pretty erratic. So I think this is just addition for subtraction for a very bad team. Did did he go and like do like a sweat a sweat lodge or something and something to that effect? Have know, tobacco circle. <laughs> tobacco circle, yeah. <laughs> um, hey, if it works for him, whatever. We're happy for him. Yeah, I. It all depends on where he goes. If I think he has any value whatsoever, I mean, right now with him being a free agent. If you're still doing your auction drafts and you can get him for one, two, three dollars, take the flyer on him, especially if you got a deep, a deep bench, because you never know. I mean, he could go to the if he goes to the Patriots, he could take that job. That could be his. 
Ron, that's one spot. What did he, he go for in our auction league, which will be breaking down at a later time? Oh, I don't rem- I don't have that up right now. I'll look it up and get back to it, back to you on that. I think it was. I, I want to say it was like 10, 10, 11 bucks. No, actually, you're right. Yep, I've got it right here. Oh, <laughs> I'm so smart. I don't need no papers in front of me. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't go that far. Um, but like I said, if you want to take the chance on him and you know, you can get him for a few bucks, I think the best situation for him would be the Patriots just because he can beat out those guys. Like he, he could win that job and be the number one on that team. I don't think he would see him be the full-time number one until probably week three though. It would take him a little bit of time to work into that offense. Oh yeah, for sure. But he would, he would win. Right. Um, the Bears, because Montgomery is injured, but I do believe as soon as Montgomery comes back that they would give him the ball back. I think you would see him at that point get to probably 20, 30% of the carries because they also still have a third down back in Tariq Cohen, too. Right, exactly. All right, so on other notes, too, the Raiders placed uh, wide receiver Terrell Williams on injury reserve with a torn labrum. That's definitely going to increase the value of uh, rugs among other wide receivers. Any thoughts on that too? Brian Edwards has been generating a lot of buzz out of camp. Yeah. Yes. Pick him up now. If you are drafting, try to get him for a few dollars. If you've already drafted, go try to claim him on waivers because he's been generating a lot of buzz in camp and they don't have any other wide receivers on that team. It's Henry Ruggs, who's going to be like a slot gadget player. Right, and he's still a rookie. And Brian Edwards, who's also a rookie. But Brian Edwards is like 6'2", 6'3", 200-something pounds. Mm -hmm. Like, he's going to be that guy down the field getting those contested catches. This also increases the value of their number one tight end, too, who was fifth in fantasy football last year. It does. The offense might end up running through him again due to this. Yeah, no, it really could. I mean, they also have Hunter Renfro who came into his own last year, but I think he's kind of more of a slot guy too. Yep. So, I mean, it'd be really great if we had a preseason and we could see how all this was going to play out. We're all doing this blind. Like every other fan. I know it's, it's crazy, but I would definitely take the chance on Brian Edwards. I know. I already have him in one of my leagues, and I did claim him in our league. So we'll see. I don't have very good waiver order in that one right at the moment. So it's good to know, Ron, because maybe I'll jump in front of it now. Well, I think you have a worse waiver than me, though. So mine's four. What's yours? How'd you get such a good one? God, I think mine was six because I was drafting because I was picking ninth. That's how. <laughs> that doesn't seem fair. Um. <laughs> All right, let's – Hello, here. Brian Edwards to the McCann team. Let's uh, <laughs> stop it. Anyway, last uh, little note here. After a subdued training camp, apparently Steelers wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster is on emerging as a dominant receiver that he was in 2018. So I guess we'll see, according to reports. Yeah, like so many people are, were burnt last year by Juju. Um understandably he was injured plus he had Mr. Dented head Mason Rudolph throwing him the ball for a lot of the year. So that's right. Um, 
and Junkie Hodges. And we still haven't really seen him with Big Ben without Antonio Brown. So right. we'll have to see, I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, you're going to have to take your shot, and you're going to have to draft him kind of early. You're going to have to pay a little bit of money for him in the auction drafts. Because right. in, in our league, he went above $25, too. I yeah. valued him at 29 and actually in our draft, he ended up going a little bit above that, which I was very disappointed about because I was hoping to get him at that value. And yeah. And, you know, I mean, one of these days, I'm, um, I'm kind of thinking about writing an article, actually, about why – because, you know, so many people are, like, do the zero RB in the snake drafts. Yep. And I want to write an article of why that it's a lot harder to try to do in an auction draft. Cause you've seen it in our auction draft. Like your money dries up very quick. Well, not only that, but the positions dry up quick too. Like the tier bait, like if you're going by tiers, like you and you're going for a certain tier, if other people didn't get those top tiers, they're valuing those middle tiers too. And that's going to drive up the money. Right. So if you spend heavy on wide receivers, then you're not going to have the money to get decent running backs later. Right. In our draft, I saw that happen to a player I selected, Delvin Cook, who was valued at 59. And I think I ended up having to spend 65 on him because the running back pool was dried up. I made the mistake of waiting a little bit too long for a guy that I was targeting heavily, and I ended up paying for it. Yeah. I mean – it's difficult. It can be. All right, let's get into this breakdown. Let's do it. All right, we'll start with the NFC, or we'll start with the NFC South. We're <laughs> oh, finishing man. with the NFC South. And we're going to finish with the – and right in the middle, the NFC South. Um, sandwiched <laughs> among it all. Yeah. All right, we'll start with the New Orleans Saints. All right, so the players that we have of interest in this division, obviously, are Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. Maybe Jared Cook and Drew Brees. Uh, Alvin Kamara, I mean, continues to be a top pick for fantasy football players. He was a number number nine overall fantasy uh, running back in PPR leagues last year. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Ron? And he also missed some games. He did, too. Um, and he had the same injury that Saquon Barkley ended up having. And more people are willing to forgive Saquon Barkley than Alvin Kamara, which is weird. Um, Agreed. But they both had the same injury. They both came back roughly the same amount of time. And they both struggled when they first came back, really. But towards the end of the year, they both kind of – they showed you who they were. I'm a little concerned because of all this stuff going on with him. Right. Where His contract you know, dispute. Is, is it a contract dispute? I heard reports that he had a shot in his back because he had some tightness. Um, I kind of feel like this, that's pretty normal this year though, because you hear a lot of reports that even running backs and other players in heavy demand positions get a lot of shots on their backs or go through a lot of ice baths. And I imagine they're taking a lot of ibuprofen. So not, I'm not saying that I wouldn't draft him where I would normally draft him, mm-hmm. but I think I would definitely be getting Latavius Murray as a backup just in case. He's definitely worth a roster spot in case of an injury to Kamara because he showed that he is efficient when Kamara is not on the field in that Saints offense. Yeah, I mean, last year when Kamara was injured, he was the RB2 in those two weeks. Yeah, he was impressive. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's 
it's one of those – it's kind of like the Chiefs offense. Your, your starting running back is going to be efficient. Like, Yeah, and the Sean Payton offense. Yeah. I mean, there's really not much you can really say about this offense that people don't already know. You know what I mean? It's Might been be, consistent for the last 10 years. Right. I don't believe Emmanuel Sanders is a good week-to-week starter mm-hmm. in fantasy football. Um, Michael Thomas, is, I think, is just going to soak up all the targets again. I mean, I think you're looking at close to another 1,500-yard season for Michael Thomas with just the amount of volume he's going to have. Now, I'm pretty sure this is Drew Brees last year. Yeah. Um, I know he signed to go broadcast booth after, I believe it was this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know how they're going to plan on playing this year, really, I guess. Because, you know, they used to be, and, and not so, you know, not so long ago, they were a run-first team. And then last year, they decided – we're going to pass the ball a ton. I think with the talent that they saw with Michael Thomas, he's their best player on offense right now. The offense is going to continue to run through him. Yeah. And I mean, you know, but then again, it's Elvin Kamara's looking for a new contract. Maybe they're just going to run him into the dirt to see if he's worth it. And here's my thing. And I, I don't think we brought this up before on the podcast, but you know, with, with the lack of preseason, with the lack of a good off season programming, teams might rely on the run at first a little bit more. Right. You know what I mean? Because with the running backs, it's hand them the ball, find the hole, and go. You know, it's not, oh, these routes need to be run and, you know, timing and all that. Now, with the Saints, they're bringing back so many pieces that their timing will probably still be good. Yeah, I I think you'll see them running very similar on cycle to what they were at the end of last offseason. I mean, last season. So, you know – you know who to target off this team. Michael yeah. Thomas, Alvin Kamara. You could take a shot on Jared Cook, but he was extremely touchdown dependent last year. Um, I can't remember the numbers right away, but he had something like a an 8% touchdown rate or something like that. In terms of touchdowns, I believe it was one – it was seven games and he had – was it nine touchdowns, I believe? Yeah, it was – he had – his his uh his efficiency was way too high. Right. Like he's not going to repeat that. I mean, he still had 43 receptions and it was on 63 targets which came out to 700 plus yards, which is pretty good. But those nine touchdowns are not going to happen again and that's what No, you won't see that many red zone yeah. targets for him. So, I just I don't trust it, I guess. Would be I would there's uh, other people that I would much rather take the shot on than him. I would agree. So. Maybe like another certain tight end with the Falcons. Yeah, like Hayden. Like a Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst, Blake Jarwin. And there's our segue to the Falcons, so let's go. Ooh, I love the segues. All right, so we've got, let's see, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, newly acquired Hayden Hurst, and newly acquired Todd Gurley. All right, so what are your feelings on Matt Ryan considering, I guess, his gunslinger mentality, which I think keeps him popular in drafts and people like to drop, draft him in the top ten? Do you see him as a number one QB or a number two? So here's an interesting stat I heard on Matt Ryan. Over the past, like, I don't know, quite a few years, mm-hmm. he's had so many different offensive coordinators. 
He gets one one year, and he's not spectacular. The second year with the offensive coordinator, though, he has a great year. Right. And then that offensive coordinator gets hired somewhere else. Like the 49ers. And then another one comes in and wasn't very good that first year. Not horrible, but not very good. Right. And then the second year in the system, played much better again. Well, this is his second year in the system that he's in that he was in last year. So he could have a monster year. Which is typically adaptable to quarterbacks when they have more experience in their system. So look for Matt Ryan to have a pretty good year. And since Julio Jones is a beast. You mean going to have a down year and it's going to run through other players, but continue. No, that's not what I mean. I mean, he's going to have like his normal 12, 1300 yards, but probably also – but probably also his normal, like, three or four touchdowns. I'm thinking, like, 950 to 1,000. Stop it. I'm, oh, no, man. I'm, you're going you're gonna to see this I become. Not even, no, I'm not dignifying that with a response. There's oh, no, you, you will see barring, this year, man. Barring injury, there is no way Julio Jones does not hit 1,000 yards. Stop. I said 950 to 1,000. I think he'll hit the 1,000. He'll be closer to 1,100. You know, I'm just rubbing it into that wound, right? Yeah, I know. I can't wait for Devontae <laughs> Adams to get injured week one and never play the entire season. I just think Ridley's going to take over as the dominant number one in that offense. And you got to remember, Ridley is entering his third year, and Julio Jones is entering his 30th year age. Listen. There's a third year, there is, there is yeah. a contraction to a – Wide receiver taking off in their third year, and you see this yes, there is. predominantly around the league. Julio Jones is now 30, and that body of wide receiver drops off at about this age. It's either going to be this year, which I strongly believe will happen, or next year. Listen, um, how many yards did Mike Evans have last year? Go on, Statman. Oh, he was on pace for over 1,000. He got injured, but he was on pace for over 1,000. Mm-hmm. Um, how many yards did Chris Godwin have? Oh, yeah, that was also over 1,000. And who was throwing them the ball? Jameis Winston, Mr. 30 and 30. You got Matt Ryan throwing Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley the ball. There's zero well, chance. Ron, they- that's adorable because there was two receivers in this offense last year running the same system, and one of them didn't get to 1,000 yards. Guess what? The numbers are going to reverse on that. You're going to see No, because Matt – I just said Matt Ryan's going to do better this year because it's the second year in the system. No, he's going to have the same numbers. He's He's going to throw for 4,500 yards and like 35 touchdowns. Who do you think he is, Matt Stafford? No, Matt Stafford's going to be closer to (laughs) (laughs) 5,000. I can't wait until the season starts. So so, someone's got to eat the crow. Yeah, it's going to be you. I don't think so. Um, Anyway, what are your thoughts on Todd Gurley if we're going to segue into that? Man, he's he's a hard one. Uh, obviously, was a monster those two years. Mm-hmm. Last year was actually really good on the ground, not very good through the air, and it's not like he wasn't out there running routes. He was out there on like a, a ton of their attempts. It wasn't right. like he was not out there. He just wasn't getting targeted. To be fair, though, he's going to a lot more efficient quarterback, I believe. I believe Matt Ryan is a lot more efficient than Jared Goff as a passer. Yeah, I mean, it could be. Um, I just just worry. I know his knee has always been a thing, and he really hasn't missed that many games. 
Right. Currently, um, I see Ty Gurley, I think, is a little bit of a gamble as a running back, too. Um, he's got strong running back three upside, so he's an easy good flex for you. Yeah. But I would be careful looking at him at other running backs in that area. Um, in this area, you're probably looking at someone like a Le'Veon Bell, to be honest, who I also don't trust. No. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I think uh... – I mean, you got to take your shot on Gurley just because of what he can be. And his... Go again, Ron. You went silent there for a little bit. Yeah, just my internet went unstable apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, his price right now isn't bad. So for where you can get him, mm-hmm. what you're paying for him, I'm pretty sure he'll finish at least an RB2. Yeah, and, I think he'll be the lower end of the RB2s, though. And, and that's where you're getting him. You're getting him for the lower end RB2. But he's got the RB1 upside. Right. Unless they unless they bring someone else into this backfield to split touches with him. But he's got that RB1 upside. Leonard Fournette. <laughs> that's what I was, I was hinting. Um, <laughs> so, I think we've stuck him on four teams now just in this podcast. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what you got to do, though cast a wide net you know speaking so, of casting a wide net like i like doing with tight ends how do you feel about hayden hurst i like hayden hurst i really do i mean austin hooper excelled in this offense and i believe hayden hurst is a more athletic right tight end. so i feel like he can even if the usage goes down a bit i think the efficiency can be higher so he can have a very good season and he's one of those league winners because you can get him at the end of drafts. Right. And you're looking at Hayden Hurst going to a team where he was getting two targets a game to where Austin Hooper with the Falcons was getting seven targets a game. And Hayden Hurst, I think, is light years more talented than Austin Hooper is. Yeah. So definitely would take him late in drafts. Uh, he, he could be – what's nice about him is he could be – a tight end one that you could play every week without problem or because of where you're getting him and you're not paying much for him. If the first couple weeks, he just, it's just not working out like we expect. Right. Well, you can drop him and start playing the streaming game and it won't be a big thing because you didn't pay it for him. Exactly. So it's one of those late round flyers that's going to pay off very well for you. You're not going to have to pay more than three or four bucks for him probably. Right. In our league, I think he actually went above 3 or $4. Someone really wanted him. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what he went for, but it was something like that. So someone really believed in him. Someone knows something we don't. Like, Julio Jones isn't going to do well next year. Yeah, no. Uh, I think someone just really wanted to get him and just kind of reached a little, paid a little bit more than they needed to. That's right. Um. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. You, a lot of people you could start in this team. Matt They're Ryan, very fantasy-friendly roster. Melvin Ridley, Hayden Hurst, Todd Gurley. You can start them all. I wouldn't suggest drafting them all on your same team. And another tidbit you can add with this team is their defense is probably average, and they're in a very high-scoring division. So look for the output on this team to be very high with fantasy points. Yeah, they're going to have to. They're going to have to stay in games by offense. They're not going to. Well, you could say that for probably the three other teams in this division too yeah 
Uh, so don't shy away on. from NFC South teams. And speaking of NFC South teams, let's move on to the Tampa Bay Gronkineers. Oh, stop it. Do not draft Gronk. Didn't I say that already <laughs> on this freaking podcast once? Do yep. not draft Gronk. <laughs> like, anyway, the players the of notoriety on this team. We have Tom Brady. We have maybe Ronald Jones, among other running backs. The Gronkineers, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait, which is a lot of tight ends, so I would stay away from all those positions to begin with. Stay away from Gronk. And, Ron, who are our wide receivers? Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. That's right. A lot of players on this team. About it. So how do you feel about Tom Brady from a fantasy standpoint this year? I would take a flyer on him. Okay. He's got the best weapons I think he's probably ever had, or at least the most. I mean – I don't don't know if I would put him above – Edelman and Randy Moss, but it's pretty close. You're you're talking on the same tiers. Yeah, and let's look at look at what he did in those that year. It's gonna it might be comparable, and that's you know what I mean. That's the year he not, threw, not for numbers, but volume. That's the year he threw fifty touchdown passes. God, and that's scary. Yeah, like he's older now. He yeah, doesn't so. have he doesn't have as good of a deep ball anymore. Mm-hmm. But like. And it hurts me to say this. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he throws over 40 touchdowns. That's a scary thought, and I think it's like, very possible. This, this defense, I, think I think they'd be more on short and intermediate routes. So he's going to get a lot of volume in PPR leagues, which would be great for some of these players. Um, yeah. You're not going to see a lot of deep targets to them, which I think segues into another point. You can go back to Tom Brady if you want. But uh, it's who's going to be the volume hog between Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who are both being drafted in the top 12 of wide receivers. Um, I honestly think Chris Godwin's going to be the target hog in this offense because he's a short and intermediate route guy as compared to Mike Evans, who is the big-bodied receiver that goes over the top and takes away those deep targets. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Mike Evans might be more fantasy relevant because of touchdowns, honestly. I feel like you know he's the bigger receiver. He's the See, guy that he could throw it up to in the back of the end zone and he can come down with it. See, honestly, I think Mike Evans is going to have a little bit of a disappointing year. I'm not saying a bad fantasy year, but there's a lot of mouths to feed on this offense and they're going to probably run a lot of two tight end sets because of the Gronkineer being there, O.J. Howard, who's another big body, and they still have Cameron Bray, who's on a pretty big contract. There's a lot of mouths to feed and a lot of people to make happy. So look for someone, one, of those tight, one of those wide receivers to have lower numbers, and I think that's going to be Mike Evans. I can't stress this enough. I want anybody listening to this podcast to know, do not draft Rob Gronkowski. And wait, wait a minute. I think you have a new thing for our podcast. What is Rob Gronkowski? Yes. Let's, let's segue this a little bit. He hasn't played. He didn't play at all last year. The year before that, he wasn't very good. And he's missed. I can't remember the last time he's played a full season because he's, well, glass so i just in he's going to be so touchdown dependent in this offense and watch i already know what's going to happen i can see this in my mind week one he's going to score a touchdown and have like 50 or 60 yards and people are going to go insane he might be a good trade away target and then he'll go three weeks and not do anything and then he'll have another really good game. And he's going to do this, but you're never going to be able to predict what game that is. Right. Like, you might be able to try to say, oh, well, you know, 
the team they're going against is horrible against tight ends. They've got two other tight ends on that team. One of them who is extremely uh, athletic and young. Athletic, yeah. And not to mention, Bruce Arians does not use tight ends. Like, I know he brought in Tom Brady, and he's probably going to let Tom Brady do Tom Brady things, but Tom or Bruce Arians doesn't use his tight ends. He didn't use O.J. Howard last year. You're going to see them getting down and blocking, I think, more often because yeah. guess what? A lot of those targets are going to go to the running back, which Tom Brady likes throwing to anyway. Exactly. I don't, I don't like any of the tight ends on this team. I don't either. Not well, for fantasy, I mean. Right. Maybe for Tom Brady's sake because he's got a lot of targets, but that's not going to help us in fantasy football. No. Um, the running backs. Uh, do you see Ronald Jones as a running back too, or do you think he slides down that chart? Because I've got a feeling he's going to slide back. My only problem with Ronald Jones is that it, it's not more. It's more of a problem with Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. Last year, Ronald Jones wasn't great in pass protection. No, he wasn't. Well, I'm so worried, like in week one, he's going to miss a pass block and Tom Brady's going to get lit up and then he's going to go off the field. And you know who's really good at pass protection? Another guy. McCoy. LaShawn McCoy is really good at pass protection. He is. So I almost wonder if that's why they brought him in, which means who's going to be out there on passing downs? LaShawn McCoy. So Ronald Jones may get first and second down reps. I'll look for him to come off the field on third down, which is money-making position on fantasy. So I feel like I can see it in my mind, the pathway to him being a running back one. I just don't think it happens. I think I he's don't either. I, I, I think he's a low-end running back, too. I just don't see him even being a running back one. He's a running back, two with real good potential upside. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this offense is going to score. So, is it just, the question is, is it going to be the running back? Right. They also still have the talented Keyshawn Vaughn, I think, in the running back stable, too, don't they? Yeah, he's the rookie they got. Um, Bruce Arians doesn't always like to use rookie running backs. Mm-hmm. So he might come on later in the year. I think you could potentially see that happening because, like you said, I don't know if they trust Ronald Jones. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's one of those things. It'd been great if we had a uh, a preseason this year. You could actually assess where he's at. Yeah, but maybe that doesn't lead to teams being able to assess where they're at either. So, like you said, you won't see him come on until later on anyway. They're going to go with the veterans who know what they're doing. Yeah, I would assume. Um, I mean, everybody knows the receivers are Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. You know, you know to take them. They both have crazy upside. I think Godwin is a lock down. Pick him in the top ten. Like you're going to take him in the top ten. Oh, I'm not yeah. quite sure about Mike Evans to be honest. I mean, he's going to get picked in the top twelve, but I'm seeing him more in that fifteen range to be honest. Yeah, but still, I mean, he's going late enough still that if you could get him. You know, he might give you – he's going to probably finish around 15, 14, 15, 16, but he could still give you those top 10 weeks. Right. Like, that could still happen. So, he's still a solid pick in, like, the third, fourth round. Or in an auction draft at a certain or, price. At a certain price, yes. Um, that certain price would probably – if I could get him for twenty twenty five, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, that's a good price I mean, range for. If I if I'm spending big money on my wide receiver one, 
I mean, to put it in context, context, yes, I said that right. Um, I got Tyler Lockett for 21 and also Adam Thielen for like 2021. Right. Draft. Like, I feel like he's also a good target to put up on the auction block, though, too. If you don't really trust him, I feel like he's a big enough name where people might go crazy for him. So potentially yeah. throw him up there to get some other people to spend their cash in an auction league, and then uh, you can go and get the targeted player you want. I love that strategy in auction league. When it's your turn to throw up a player, I rarely throw up a player I actually want. It is very rare. And we saw that strategy on Monday night. And it works, you know, a good majority of the time. Uh, you want to get money off the board so you can get values later on. Correct. Because if you're spending all your money early, other people are going to need those value, value players for their team. Yep, and that's why I played a middle ground strategy when we were doing our draft to begin with anyway, and we'll get deeper into that, like I said, on another podcast. Uh, I kept a little bit of money late, so I would have two or three dollars to pick those late-round flyers that I wanted to pick. Yeah. All right, let's move on. We'll get to the final team, uh, the Carolina Panthers. Rar. Rar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got Teddy Bridgewater, obviously Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Robbie Anderson. Curry Sam, uh, Ian Thomas is their tight end. Who I think is going to have a disappointing year. He'll be one of those guys. It's all one of those things because, you know, we don't really know what they're going to do. It's a new head coach. They got a new quarterback. Right. Like, there's a lot of unknowns on this team. And one of the things that is known is their defense is going to be bad. So they're going to have to score a lot of points. So they're going to be throwing that ball around. But another thing that's known is they've got Christian McCaffrey. Who can take targets when they're thrown to him. And take them to the house. Like, so it's so, my two players that I know are probably, that I would consider locks off this team are only Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. Right. But there's a lot of flyers, you know, like, you could take a flyer on Robbie Anderson. You could, but I'm going to say something about that. With Robbie Anderson, I have experience watching him as a Jets fan. I watched him a lot. He's a one-trick pony. He's a straight go route, go deep, catch the ball because he's got blazing speed. And Teddy Bridgewater has propensity, like Tom Brady, and he's younger, to throw short and intermediate routes. He doesn't like to throw the deep ball. Now, is Matt Rule going to change that in his offense? Because in Matt Rule's offense, he did like to throw the ball deep when he was at Baylor, and you saw this. I kind of don't feel like that's going to happen. DJ Moore, I think, is ready to have another consistent year like he did last year because he's going to be a favorite target, I think, of Teddy Bridgewater because he's that speedy guy that can go up and just catch anything. Yeah. Get over, get into the middle of the field, and really just fight for the ball. Yeah. In a in a previous podcast, you said you were a big fan of how DJ Moore played. Yeah, he he's a he's a fighter. I really like I like them when they're they're scrappy. You know, mm-hmm. like go up and get the ball, and don't you know, don't always wait for it to just be open. Do you think he's in for another twelve hundred yard season? Maybe, but only because of of quantity because of they're going to be playing from behind 
Right. I think this offense has the ability to put up points. I just don't think the defense has the ability to stop the other offenses from putting up points. I completely agree with that, too. And you got to remember, they're going to a lot more of a consistent quarterback because Cam Newton was hurt all last year. Yeah. So he did that with some garbage quarterback play. It was bad. Did you know that Curtis Samuel had one of the most um, deep ball targets in the league last year? From Allen? From Allen. And did you know that only like 10% of those targets were deemed catchable? (laughs) That's incredible. But, see, that's the problem with someone like a Curtis Samuel, who I think is going to actually have a disappointing year. See, they brought in Robbie Anderson to be the deep target because, guess what? He played with Matt Rule when he was in college. He's a favorite of him. He knows what he's doing. But I think they're both in for disappointing seasons because I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to throw an effective deep ball. He never has. But you always have to – and that's why I say they're flyers. Right. Because if you can get them towards the end of your draft – and you're only paying between five and ten bucks for one of them, and it comes out, and Matt Rule does open him up. But if they do that, the flyer here is Robbie Anderson, not Curtis Samuel. I think the fly. Well, there could be a situation where they both line up on the edges, and then you got DJ Moore in the middle. So it could almost come down to who does Bridgewater have more confidence in? Because if well, they're I can, both, I can on- tell you that it's going to be Christian McCaffrey being his first go-to target to begin with DJ Moore is his first wide receiver and it's going to be Robbie Anderson because Matt rule is familiar with him. He knows this kind of offense. Teddy Bridgewater is going to get familiarity with him, but I just see Curtis Samuel being the fourth option in this offense and dropping off. He's going to be disappointing this year. The best places to draft Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson would be in a best ball league. Agreed. Because they you know, best ball is you draft them, and that's it. That That's how you play best ball. You draft your team, and then it puts in the best players each week for you. And Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel have high potential of catching an 80-yard touchdown. Or high potential of having 20 yards a week. Or having a high potential. So that's why in best ball, they're great. Um. Go ahead and take a flyer on him if you think that Teddy Bridgewater and Matt Rule are going to open up a little bit and take more bombs down the field. I agree with Joe. Robbie Anderson would probably be the one I would pick. That's the one that they brought in this year. Mm -hmm. They paid him money. He did play with Matt Rule in college. That is the one I would take a higher flyer on. But if someone else picks him up, Someone else drafts them. You didn't want to go with that money that they wanted to go. You could probably get Curtis Samuel for Curtis Samuel for a dollar. And after week one or two, he doesn't really do anything either of those weeks. Drop him for someone on the waiver wire. Right. It's not going to hurt you. So to summarize, Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, monster years. Don't even question targeting them. Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, lay round flyers favoring Robbie Anderson. And with that, I'd like to move on to another question. Where do you see Teddy Bridgewater in fantasy value? Do you see him as a QB2? Because last year there was an interesting stat, which was, I believe during his time he scored, it was his first start. He had 28 fantasy points and four touchdowns over that range, which puts him in a pretty high range of QBs. Where do you see him? 
If you are in a super flex and or a two QB league, mm-hmm. he would be a solid QB two. Agreed. Just he's because got a little, like them having a bad defense and having to throw a lot. Right. And he's got a little bit of the rushing upside. Mm-hmm. Like he's a, he's a somewhat mobile guy. I would say he, though, don't just due to his injury. And I understand he rushed a little bit last season. Don't look for him to be put in rushing situations. Well, no, 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 no. I wouldn't say it was a, but a, like a scramble though. Right. You know what I mean? I wouldn't say there would be any designed runs. No, and absolutely not. You got to remember this kid took the Vikings to the playoffs. He's a good quarterback. Like he's a good quarterback. And I thought years ago, because when they signed Kirk Cousins, Bridgewater was back. And I have a buddy that is a Vikings fan. And I told him like, you guys are idiots paying Kirk Cousins all this money when you could get the guy that already brought you to the playoffs back, who I think is a better quarterback. That's putting it nicely. Well, I think, you know, and this is exactly how I always compare Kirk Cousins. I compare him to Tony Romo because what's Tony Romo going to do? He's going to get you all of the stats in the world. Dude was a statistical machine. Always had good numbers. Always had everything. Couldn't win you anything. He was not going to win you the big game. He was not going to win you the playoff game. Like, he just, I don't know, he just didn't have it in him. And that's Kirk Cousins. Similar to another Cowboys quarterback right now. (laughs) I'm not going to put Dak Prescott there yet because, you know, he's younger. Like, you haven't seen it as much yet. Right. But that's Kirk Cousins, though. You know, with the Redskins, he had such good numbers. Good for fantasy, not for the Redskins. I mean, they weren't bad. Yeah, for fantasy, he had great numbers. But he just couldn't get them the wins. Right. Same thing in, you know, in the Vikings. He's getting all these wins. I mean, he's won a few playoff games. I mean, a few of them have been questionable. (laughs) Whether they should have won or not. You're saying that upset some New Orleans fans? Maybe once or twice. (laughs) Um, But every time he's done that, the following week, He's played like garbage and got him out of the playoffs. Right. So I do like Teddy Bridgewater. Definitely at least a QB two. Uh, nice little hold on maybe to see how he plays. But Fair enough. You know, new head coach, no offseason, same old story for all these players. It's hard to trust them this year especially. Agreed. And that moves us to their – to our last point, I think, on this show, which is their tight end position, which is Ian Thompson. I see him having a disappointing season simply because, let me say it again, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Robbie Anderson. There's a lot of mouths to feed. Already. I don't think he's ranked high enough to consider it a disappointing season. I think it's just a don't draft him. Not a top 10 tight end. No, just don't don't draft him. If he, he comes out. Him off the waiver wire. Exactly. So I don't, I don't think he has enough uh, – enough good projections, I guess, to actually consider it a disappointing season. I think he's going to have a wait and a, see kind of season, an expected season. You know what I mean? Yep. I, I expect him to not be good for fantasy. So I'm not expecting anything from him. I kind of feel like a disappointing season would be like, I'm expecting him to be better. Mm-hmm. And then he doesn't, but I'm just not expecting it. So, so there's just no expectations there to begin with. Yeah. 
Okay. Fair enough. But again, pay attention. You got to watch these things. You can't be, and you know, my, my fiance, she doesn't really uh, watch football or anything. She always asks me like, you know, how does, why do you need to watch all of these games mm-hmm. when you're a Giants fan? And it's like, yeah, I'm a Giants fan. I want the Giants to do good, but I want my fantasy team to do better. Oh, so, I wouldn't go that far. I'd want my Jets to do better than my fantasy team. You know, I'm I... am a Giants uh, fan. Are you just for saying that? Huh? That hurt my heart for you. No, I mean, I want them to win. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. They need to win. But uh, if they... You know, I, I think about it in my head. Say, like, I have a running back going against the Giants. Right. I'm like, all right, let him get 80 yards and a touchdown. Just right. You all. can want him to do good, but your Giants right. still win. But then she's like, but why are you watching this game? Because the Giants aren't in it. And I'm like, well, because that guy right there is on my fantasy team, and I want to watch what he does. It just makes your third, Thursdays, Sundays, and Mondays just a little bit more And not only that, you want to watch the other games too because you've got to see if someone's breaking out. Right. I you will know, say there I mean, is nothing more nerve-wracking than when you've got one guy left on Monday Night Football and they have another guy on another team and it's going head-to-head and you're within a point or two of each yeah, other. That's, that's crazy. Ner- that's nerve-wracking. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you know, we have normal jobs. We're just your average guys here. We ain't getting paid to do this. We can't be, you know, we might not be able to be on in time for you to, for us to tell you who to pick up off the waiver wire in the season. That's right. You If you haven't gotten your fantasy team yet and – we're doing the NFC South eight days before kickoff. I mean, we're your guys. Right. But when it comes to the regular season and it's a Tuesday and I have to work, I'm not always going to work a 12-hour shift and then be exhausted and do one of these podcasts. That's right. I might. I don't know. It's a possibility. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if it picks up steam. We'll see. Maybe if more people start listening, I get a sponsor and actually get paid to do this crap. That's right. I call it crap. I love it. I love every second of it. <laughs> Oh, great. Oh, so I think that's the ending note of this podcast, right, Ron? Oh, it's got to be. I'm exhausted. I need okay. to sleep. I got to be back to work 12 hours tonight, too. This is this was fun, though. I had a good time. This was fun. So on an ending note, though, Julio Jones is having a down season. See you on guys an, later. On an ending note, this was how Seymour sees it. How Seymour sees it. A fantasy uh, football pass. Let's not lie. I guided it today. Let's hit that music. (laughs) All right. Like, share, subscribe if I get this on YouTube. Do all the things. I'm too tired for any elaborate exits. So Spotify, YouTube, and whatever else Ron puts it on. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You know, probably just where you're going to be listening to it is what you want to listen to it on anyways. Tell your friends. All right, Joe. Take us out. Boom. There you go.